I preach a lot of funerals, and I, I try to cover this in, in, in the funerals when I'm preaching them. But I realize that a lot of people don't go to very many funerals. Um, I was amazed. I, I did a funeral with a guy that had been an evangelist for 39 years, and I, I was with him when he did his first funeral. And I thought, how, what, 39 years he never preached a funeral? He was an evangelist. He wasn't there when the people died. He was off and gone. But I, I realize that a lot of pastors don't even have the, the uh, everyday events or every week events or every month events of a funeral. They just don't do it. Even in large churches, a lot of them don't. So I, I wanted to cover something with you that I think is important, and that is what happens at the time of death. Uh, there's so many unanswered questions, and there's a lot of questions that probably would come up that even if you look through the Bible, you might not find the exact answer to every question that's ever asked. You'll find the person that knows the answer to it all. But a lot of what we know is revealed to us through the Apostle Paul in his writings. Uh, so we're going to cover 58 verses. Pastor David got up there. I thought it was actually 56, but 58 verses we're going to cover out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 tonight, and I know that's a lot of verses. We're going to run through them pretty quick, but there's sometimes we're going to stop. First of all, the Bible talks about those that are asleep. Paul talks about it in addressing the communion table. He said, because some have taken unworthily, you have some that are sick, some that are asleep. Now, when people read that, they think, oh, they just taken a little rest. No, that means they died. When Paul talks about being asleep in here in chapter 15, he's talking about folks that have died. Uh, there's some questions about things that come up in here, like one question he asked about them baptizing for the dead. Now, if you just read it at face, you think, well, he's going along with them baptizing for dead folks. No, he's showing you how silly it is. If you don't believe in the resurrection, why are you baptizing for the dead? He said, because he had people there that were doing exactly that. They didn't believe in the resurrection, but they were baptizing for the dead. Now, that's not for any of you that have been in a Catholic church to be baptized for dead folk. It don't work. The only people that baptism works for is those that are alive when you put them in the pool. It don't work otherwise. So let's clear up some stuff about what happens after we die. Paul is writing in 1 Corinthians, and we're just going to read this whole chapter, chapter 15. And he begins it by saying, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless we have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that, and this is where we begin, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that He was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the, the greater part remaineth unto this present, but some are fallen asleep, some have died. After that he was seen of James, then of the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as of one born out of due time. Paul was not alive when Christ died, but he has seen him. He's declaring to you here in this scripture. 
For I am the least of the apostles that I that am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was, within, which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach, and so ye believed. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ, whom He raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is, Christ, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, you are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Now Paul is saying to the church at Corinth, there's been some bad teaching here. And he's saying to them, there is a resurrection. If Christ had not resurrected, then you and I, as Christians, whether we're alive or whether we're dead, would not be resurrected. There's been some teaching that's been taught. But here's where I want to bring you to. And this is where I think oftentimes we missed. He says in verse 20, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Now that first man there is Adam. He brought about death. That second man, Jesus, also brought about the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Now those that are in Christ will be made alive. Not everybody that dies is going to go to heaven. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterwards they that are, that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till, uh, till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. So the last thing that we as Christians are going to face is this thing of death. Now, if you remember when Paul is writing to the church uh, and, and he's, he's trying to get across a point to them about the resurrection of the dead in the book of Ephesians, he talks in here about the, 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 the animals or whatever at Ephesus. He talks about hard people at Ephesus. It was a hard city to teach in. But he talked about to them in a letter he had written back to them. He was only in Ephesus about three weeks, we believe. But when he wrote back to them, he talked about those that had died. And he talked about the dead in Christ rising first. And those of us that are alive and remain are going to be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. Paul, in one of his writings, talks about being absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So when we die... Our body goes back to this grave, this earth, that it came from. Adam was an earthly man. 
Christ was a spiritual man. The part of us that is earthly, the flesh, goes back to this earth that it came from. That part of us that's spiritual, our soul, at the moment of death to the child of God, goes into the presence of God. So we're not separated from, from our loved ones because our loved ones are in heaven, but yet it, it, it kind of it, it gets to be mixed up. And I say this often in grave. It's kind of confusing when you go out to the grave and you say, this is daddy's grave. And yet you say to that child, daddy's in heaven. Well, it's also confusing when you say that to a child that Jesus lives in your heart, but Jesus is the right hand of God the Father interceding for us. How can that be? Because the Holy Spirit lives in here and because He is in heaven with the Father interceding. How can this be dad here and how can dad be in heaven? This is his body. It's natural. It's gone back to this earth. It's earthly. It has to go back because of that first Adam's sin. Are you with me? That second Adam, the Lord Jesus, is a spiritual man. That part that's spiritual goes to be with God. Watch and stay with me. Don't, don't leave me yet. Hang on. Where am I at? 27. For he put all things under his feet. But when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is expected, or, I'm sorry, he is accepted, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Else what shall they do which are baptized for the dead, if the dead rise not at all? Why are they then baptizing for the dead? Now there's that false teaching that had come into the church that he's trying to correct. And he said, And why stand we in jeopardy every hour? I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord, I die daily. If after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, there it is, the wild animals at Ephesus, what advantage it, it to me, if the dead rise not, lest, uh, let us eat and drink, for the morrow we die. If there's nothing after death, why are we continuing on like we're continuing? Why don't we just eat, drink, and be merry and die tomorrow? That's what he's saying to them. He said, Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. But some men will say, How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Thou fool, thou fool. That which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. When you put a seed in the ground, the only way that seed's going to nourish and grow is if you put it in the ground. It's not going to do anything as long as it's a seed. This body, if it stays here in this earth, is not ever going to do anything until you put it in the ground. Now watch what happens to that body. Um, in verse 38, But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh. But there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and, and bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of sun, S-U-N, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another uh, star in glory. 
So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. You, you know, one of the things that I think that, that most people forget about is where Paul talks about this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. You know, we have people that are, that are living in this life. And, and you know, I, 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 believe that, that I'm, I believe I'm correct when I say this. Uh, Brad Paisley does a song that everybody wants to go to heaven, but just not today. I think in people's minds, everybody that's really ever lived, probably at some point in their time think, I'm going to heaven. But they forget how you get there. Or they don't ever, have never been told how you get there. They've never, they've never gone to that uh, part of their life where they said, you know, I'm going to die. We was talking... And uh, we, we have this happen often at the funeral home. People come in and, and uh, mom's 95 years old and, and they say, well, we, we just weren't expecting it. We're not financially ready for it. We just, we weren't expecting it. And you want to look at them and say, well, how long did you think mom was going to live? You know, uh, it, it's amazing to me how many people want their loved ones in heaven or they want to be in heaven, yet they go every day and they just forget about it and they wake up one day and, Deaths at their door, and then there's knocking, and, and they don't know where to go and what to do. We have a lot of folks that we've, we've shared the good news of Jesus Christ on their deathbed, and we've prayed a prayer, and we've, we've prayed that God would save them. Uh, we believe that He did. I've had, uh, I had a Church of Christ man that wanted me to baptize him in water on his deathbed. I mean, he, he was so caught up because he had been taught, you got to be baptized in water. He wanted to be baptized and he was in ICU. There wasn't anything but a sink and a toilet there. And, you know, I'd been around the Methodist long enough that I could have sprinkled him around a little bit, put his head under that basin. And I think he thought I was going to put him in the toilet. And he decided he didn't want to be baptized. But, but you know, when, when you start thinking about what Paul is saying here, uh, and you start asking yourself a question about, uh, he's talking about the stars. He's talking about the moon. He's talking about celestial bodies. He's talking about angels. He's talking about animals. He's talking about fish. He's talking about human beings. And, and after a while, you start saying, Paul, where are you going to go with this? And then he starts talking about it's sown in corruption. It's raised in incorruption. It's sown in dishonor. It's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. It's raised in power. It's sown a natural body. It's raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body. There is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. The first Adam would die. The second Adam would cause us to come alive in the Lord Jesus. So at the moment of death, if we're absent and we're present... That means this old man, this old Adam, has got to stay here. Then that new Adam, that new creation that God's created, that quickening spirit that's in us, goes to be with God. Now stay with me. Don't, don't leave me yet. We go down to verse 46. And he says, How be it that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. Why did we not have a spiritual body because we, before we had a natural body? I'm glad you asked. God made a natural body in Adam. 
God wanted companionship. He wanted fellowship. And He created a man He called Adam. Now, when God created Adam, the implication is that they would walk in the garden in the day, in the cool of the day, and fellowship together. But God saw that Adam was lonely. There was a part of him that God did not meet. And so He put him to sleep and out of his side He took and He created what we know today to be woman. He created Eve. So you got Adam and Eve and they walked in the garden and everything was wonderful and everything was good. There was a, 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 a subtle serpent in that garden that was placed there so that man would have to make a choice. Now listen to me closely. Every one of us that are saved have made a choice to be saved. If we're not saved, we've made a choice not to be saved. In that garden, there was every tree that man could ever desire to eat, but there was one tree that they were not to eat of, and that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, all of you know the story, how God told Adam not to eat of that tree. He passed along that message to Eve, and Eve brought him fruit, and Adam ate that fruit because of the subtlety of the serpent that was in that garden, deceived them, and they ate the fruit. But now let me tell you something. They didn't eat it blindly. Neither do men that live today or men that have lived before us eat blindly. We make a decision. We make a choice what we're going to do with our life. I'm praying tonight that we've all made a choice to follow Jesus. Now, because of their sin, Adam and Eve are booted from that garden. Now they're outside of the garden because of sin. The only thing that would rectify man and put him in right relationship with God was the cross of the Lord Jesus. So God came in the flesh and He died that we could have life, eternal life. We could live forever. And we would live in a place like Eden, a place of perfection, a place where there would be no sin. There would be no enemy to come in that garden that we will go to and deceive us and cause us to go back. But in that garden of, of Eden, there was this temptation. And you remember how God come in the garden and He said, Adam, where are you? And Adam said, uh, God, we're over here. We're hid. Why are you hid? Well, we're naked. How did you know you were naked? How did you know? Because we've eaten of the tree of the knowledge good and evil. So man made a choice. Because of that choice of following that first Adam, you and I were born with a sin nature. That nature has to be done away with. And the only person that can do away with it is that second Adam, the Lord Jesus. So when Jesus talks about, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me, there's only one avenue to get you to heaven. When you die, your spirit is going to be going up to be with the Father, but your body is going to go back to this earth that it came from, unless you're raptured. Now hear what I'm going to say to you, unless you're raptured. It's appointed a man once to die, the Bible said, and after that, the judgment. But here's what happens to the body of a saint of God that's walking in this earth and is raptured out of here. Paul said there had to be a change. There has to be a change. This body has to be changed. Paul says it's changed in the moment of a twinkling of an eye. I don't know what a twinkling of an eye is. I heard a, 
a guy in Beaumont say that he was a computer scientist, he said it's one-thirtieth of a second. I don't know how fast you're going to be changed. But this body that you have tonight will not go into heaven. Are you hearing me? This body that's corruptible, this body that's mortal, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It's got to, it's got to be changed. When it's changed, Paul calls it a glorified body. Are you with me? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It's a glorified body. So you can be walking along today. You can die. When you die, your body's going to go back to this earth it came from. You know, the thing that, that always, always uh, intrigues me about death and, and, and being around death a lot and seeing a lot of different ways and different means of death and how people died different ways, it's, it's always amazing to me. Because you see, whether you cremate the body or whether you bury the body, or whether you are eaten by a shark, or you burn up, whatever happens to you, it's all going to go back to earth. It's all going to go back to earth. The only thing that's going to inherit God is the spiritual man. So if you're walking in this life and you did not die a physical death, and Jesus comes back and gets His church, then you've got to be changed. Because this cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I often get people ask me, well, well, what will we look like in heaven? Well, the Bible said we'll be known as He's known. Now, the only, the only thing that I have uh, that I can point you to about after, after you die, how would you know? After Jesus died and He rose from the grave, He had nail prints in His hands. Because he, he said to Thomas, reach hither thy finger. you know. And when Thomas saw the nail prints, he said, my Lord and my God. The only th- other thing we got is when, when John went to heaven and he had a visitation with, with Christ. He knew it was Christ. There was something about him that made him know his Christ. So there be something about us that makes us know we're Christ. Now, there's a whole other subject here, but the Bible said there will be neither marriage nor given in marriage in heaven. There will be neither male nor female. These two will not be married in heaven. Right? They won't be married in heaven. They won't be a male and a female in heaven. They'll just be in heaven. They won't be married. They may know one another, may recognize one another. But remember, this is the physical part that they have now. That won't be in heaven. You won't have, you won't have a, a desire for things of the world in heaven. You, you know, when you, when you think about heaven, you talk about Lazarus and the rich man. You know, the rich man is raising up his eyes in a place called Sheol, and he's wanting him to send Abraham back, or he's wanting him to send Lazarus back from the bosom of Abraham to tell his brothers, don't come here, it's hot. But Lazarus is not going back there. Once we inherit the kingdom of God, there is no changing back. until we come back with the Lord Jesus Christ. But when we go to heaven, we're going to spend eternity with God, wherever that heaven is. And there's arguments about, you know, when, when He comes down and He creates a new heaven and a new earth, are we going to be right back here on this earth? And are we going to be in that place we now call heaven, where we're going to be? Well, you know, that's a whole nother, whole nother teaching. But here's what you have to remember. Anywhere we are is where Christ is once death comes or once we rapture. Stay with me. Watch this. I've got verse 47 down. The first man is of the earth, earthy, 
The second man is the Lord from heaven, and is the earthy such as they also uh, that are earthy, and as is the heavenly such are also they that are heavenly, or that also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say unto you, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery, Paul said. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. What does that mean? We shall not all die, but whether we are dead or whether we're alive, we will all be changed. Here it is. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. If I'm alive when Jesus comes back, the only thing that will happen is this corruptible, this mortal, has to put on incorruption, immortality. I will be raptured. The Bible said the dead would rise first, and those of us that are alive and remain, that word remain means survive, will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. If, you're, if your daddy is in the grave, your daddy is a Christian, and you're alive, when, when Christ comes back and there's a shout of an archangel, the trump of God, that grave's going to open up. Your loved one's going to come out, and you're going to go to be with them in a place of eternity with God, where there will be no pain, no sorrow, no sin, no sickness. The former things are passed away. But your parents, your dad's already in heaven, you say. If he is, then this body that he left here, these ashes he left here, are going to be changed. And he's going to have what's called a glorified body. It's going to be changed. It's going to be glorified. If you're alive when Jesus comes, you're going to have a glorified body. You're going to walk around in heaven. I don't know if you'll have hair. I don't know if you won't have hair. I don't know if you'll be blonde or brunette or whatever color you may be. I don't know. I don't know if you'll be fat. Don't know if you'll be skinny. Don't know if you'll be tall. Don't know if you'll be short. But you will be like Jesus is. That's what the Bible said. So here's what I want to say to you tonight. Stop worrying about whether we're alive or whether we're dead. If I die tonight, I'm in the presence of Jesus. My spirit is. Who gives a flip what this body does? This body is going to decay. It's going to go back to what it came from. That earthly man is going to die. That spiritual man is going to live for an eternity. And the only thing that's going to make it into heaven is that spiritual man. If a person is not saved... There's going to be a resurrection of the just and the unjust, friend. Those people that die without Jesus are going to go into a place of torment where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. If they die before Jesus comes back and gets His church, 
if they die and they're in the ground tonight without Jesus, that body is going to lay in the ground, but they're already in a place of destruction, of torment. If you go back and remember from the time that Lazarus died, there's a rich man. There's a great gulf that's separating them. Now that's before Jesus dies. When Jesus died, all those in Abraham's bosom came out of those graves. That's the reason the graves opened up when he died. So don't, get, don't let people confuse you. When people call you and they start throwing stuff at you, or you see scriptures in here that talk about baptizing for the dead. They, listen, there's always been false teaching. There will always be false teaching. There, there needs to be a coming together on what we believe. We cannot agree on when the rapture is going to take place, if it's going to take place before or after or during the tribulation. We've got people that are, that, that are pre, people that are mid, people that are post. You're always going to have that. They had it in Paul's day. They're going to have it until Jesus comes back and shows us. But here's the fact. He is coming. If you want to go through the tribulation, go through it. I don't have a problem with that. I'm cool with that. I plan on pre-tribbing. I plan on getting out of here before all the wrath comes. I'm going to escape that, I believe, according to the Scriptures. But do it whatever way you want to do it. I'm cool with that. I don't have a problem. If, if you want to, if you want to uh, be cremated, I'm, people think sometimes I think that's going to upset me. Listen, I've watched the whole process. Ain't nothing upsets me about cremation. If you want to be cremated, if you want to be buried at sea, I'm, I'm good with that. Here's what I, I, I did not understand about all this thing of, of burying somebody at sea. Brother Raymond used to tell me. He said, you know, you go throw them in the river, and then you go down there and fish, and you catch that fish. You take that fish home, and you eat that fish. You just ate your loved one's cremains because that fish ate them. You eat that fish, then you go back and you use the bathroom, or, you, you know, uh, it washes down to the earth, and... You reprocess everything. I don't know what all is going to go on, but I do know this. This corruptible, this mortal, and for those of you not in here, I'm tapping my flesh, is not going to inherit the kingdom of God. I'm not going to, as wonderful and gloriously as God's made us, He's not going to let this corruptible, sinful body into the kingdom of God. You're never going to deal with sin again once you get out of here, if you're in Christ. If you're not in Christ, you're going to pay for an eternity for those sins that are not covered by the blood of the Lord Jesus dying for you. Have we really stirred the water up tonight? You're really confused now? You didn't answer my question. What's the question? So my daddy, her daddy, what are they now? Their bodies are laying in the Their bodies are laying in the earth and they're in heaven with Jesus. So why do we need these bodies later? You don't need these bodies. It's a glorified body when you get it back. I, you, you're mixing something up there. Don't, don't mix something up. What would you tell her, Brother Brian, when she asked the question, why do we need these bodies now? Is that what you said? What did you say? We need these bodies now? No. Why, why do we need them in heaven? What did he tell you? That he'd have to research them. <laughs> <laughs> why did Jesus need a body in heaven? Why did he need to have a glorified body? Why did his body need to change? His body changed. Well, it's because he was a man. He wasn't without sin. But he died. Every man has an appointment with death. He was without sin, but he was capable of sin in, in a corruptible body. In a corruptible in body. incorruptible body, he's no longer capable. That's right. And that's the reason that you have an incorruptible body in heaven. 
I don't know how to answer your question any plainer than what, what 1 Corinthians chapter 15 gives you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's pretty, pretty set and plain. If you didn't need that body, you wouldn't have that body. But it has to be glorified. How are you going to recognize, how are you going to recognize Jesus? What are, you going to do, what do you think they're doing in heaven? Do you think they're just floating around? So we got people who are going to just be here and there and all that. We're going to come back to this earth eventually, my beliefs. When it's, when, it's been, when it's been destroyed, we're coming back here. God's going to set up His kingdom here. That thousand-year millennium reign is going to be right here in a new earth. Now listen to me. We're going to rule and reign with Christ. You're going to have people that are going to go through that millennium reign that live through the tribulation period that have never, ever made a decision for Christ. At the end of that thousand-year millennium reign, the Bible said the devil's going to be loosed for a season. The reason he's going to be loosed is so he can get all those that he wanted to give. They're going to have to make a decision. Are we going to follow the devil? Are we going to follow the teachings of Jesus? The Bible said we're going to rule with the rod of Aaron. We're going to rule with the rod in the, in the millennium reign. There are going to be people of authority in, in what we call heaven in the, in the millennium reign, in this new earth that's here, this new Jerusalem. We're going to reign with Christ. I, I often said, you know, maybe I'll be the governor of Florida. I don't even know if I have a Florida. Maybe I'll be governor of Florida. But we're going to rule over those that have not serve Christ, those that are born during that millennium reign, because those that go through the tribulation and survive are still, still have to make a decision for Christ. Their offspring still have to make a decision for Christ. So that's not going in that. It's just that we're not going to be subject to the sin that they are because we have a glorified body. So we would look funny, Sister Karen, if we went around with no body at all. We just went around. We'd look funny in that New Jerusalem We'd be just around. Brother Randy, you got a question? Do we get the glorified body directly immediately after death or after the resurrection of the dead? When do you get a glorified body? Right after death or or after the resurrection of the dead or during or. I believe it's after the resurrection of the dead. I believe it's after the resurrection of the dead. Yeah. The dead in Christ are going to rise first, and that's when those bodies are going to be changed. Same time, your body is going to be changed. Yeah, but see, see what y'all are trying to do is y'all are trying to read into something that that there may not even be an answer to your question. Paul's tried to answer their questions. I've tried to answer your questions. He told you he would study. You're going to get a thousand different people's ideas, but you're not going to have one scripture that's going to prove what you're trying to prove, and that is what happens to the body. I don't know. Paul did not know. Paul had only, he had only had a visitation and taken to that third heaven. John had that Patmos experience that he shared with us of what Christ was. But there's a, there's a mystery, Paul calls it, about death. There's a lot of things about death that we do not know. But one thing you can be assured of, maybe not for all of you, one thing you can be assured of, I'm going to be in heaven and I'm going to have a glorified body that knows no sin, no corruption, no mortality. It's not going to die again. It's going to live forever in a place with the Lord Jesus, wherever it is, here in this earth or somewhere else. Now, 
Listen to me. Listen to me tonight before we close. There are so many things that people believe. Someone asked me about teaching a subject. Brother Butch asked me about teaching some man's doctrine. I said, I don't want to lose church. You start teaching the doctrine to cause confusion. A lot of the questions that we have are not answerable. And if you're just looking for an answer, somebody will give you an answer. And that answer will cause more confusion than not. If you, want to, if you really want to study out different beliefs, if you take, if you take what, what I call cults, most, most people would not call, uh, well not most people, some people would, would call you a cult because you're following Jesus. I, I call people cult that are following a man, not the Lord Jesus, following a man's teachings. Every one of us have different beliefs and different doctrines. He and I both have had uh, different levels of, of uh, seminary training. We were under different leadership. Uh, some of the leadership mingles together, but some of it doesn't. He's been in the church of God. He's been in the assemblies of God. There's a little different twist in their teaching. If you go to the Methodist church, there's a little different twist in their teaching. Presbyterian, a little different twist in their teaching. If you go into the church of Christ, there's a, you know, there's a twist in the teaching. If you go into the cults, there's a major twist in the teachings. You, you see, if you take the mainline denominations, you're going to find that most of us have one central thing, and that is Jesus. We may point you in different directions to try to get you to Jesus. We may make you get baptized. We may want you to speak in tongues. We may want you to do all these hoops you've got to do to be saved. We may not agree on the blood of Jesus being all it takes. We may add things to it. But when you take a cult and you add their doctrines to the doctrines of the church, that's when you get in trouble. And the problem that we run into is a lot of our folks that have been in church for years and years and years, they go into where, where there's a cult, where they're following a man, and they've got enough teaching that they know a little bit, but they don't know the answers. And a cult gives them an answer to things just like we're discussing. And all of a sudden they say, well, that, that's got to be what it is. Got to be what I he asked a question. I've never been asked a question before. Does our body glorified at the moment of death or is it glorified when we're resurrected? I believe it's glorified when we're resurrected. But I can't sit down and think of a scripture right off the top of my head. And listen, there's a lot of people giving you scriptures off the top of their head. And if I haven't studied that scripture, I don't know what the answer to that question is. Most of the time in her situation, I don't understand the question. I don't understand what the question is. Now, that may be because I don't want to understand it. It may be that I just am not grasping what, what she's asking. When he asks a question the way he asks it, I understand what he's asking, but I don't have the exact answer. I can't take and say, this is proof. Paul did most of the writings on death that we have. And from his writings, he always shows you a mystery about death. He talks in, 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 in the book of, uh, uh, of uh, yeah, that book. Talks in the book of 1 Thessalonians. He said, he's going to show you a mystery. We'll not all sleep, but we'll be all changed. 
just like he does over in, in 1 Corinthians. He's dealing with the subject. Now, he's dealing with it in two different ways. He's had errors taught in, in Corinth. He's trying to correct some errors. Over here in, in Thessalonica, he's teaching because he was only there a short while and after he left, people died and loved ones said, what's happened to our loved ones? Where are they? You know, they're, they're dead. What's happened to their, to their spirits? What's happened to their bodies? And so he tried to clarify it. Whether you're dead or whether you're alive, we're going to be raptured together. We're going to be caught up together. So he didn't answer the fact of when is the body glorified in either place. So you can supposition and you can say, well, this is this and this is that. I can tell you my opinions, but those opinions are like noses on our face. Everybody's got one. And if you go by fact and you say, this is my opinion, this is fact, you might find out your fact is not true. God may reveal to some. He hadn't revealed to me when your body's glorified. But here's my thought. It's just like serving communion. Is he going to wait till we all get to heaven? Or is he going to serve us individually when we get there? He just said to the disciples, next time I do this with you, we'll be in the kingdom of God. Did When they all got there, did they have communion? I don't know. I'm supposing that when we all get there, we'll have communion together. Been people there for 2,000 years sitting there waiting on you and I to get there for communion, if that's the case. They're flouncing around in bodies that are not glorified yet because they just have a spiritual body up there. They don't have an earthly body up there. So I don't know. What I plan on doing is rapturing out of here and then I know when it'll be changed, brother. <laughs> when it comes back, my body will be changed and be glorified before I get there. How long is that going to take? About twinkling an eye. <laughs> Quick. How bad we muddied the water. <laughs> to our radio friends and to our folks that are listening by way of internet, we don't normally have a question and answer period because we want you to hear what's being said. But tonight we just kind of did a little different thing, kind of like Pastor Brian does on, on Wednesday nights. And we just give you a shot at, at what's going on in our Sunday night. Tonight's just a Bible study. It's not really preaching. It's a Bible study.